Well, hello there, good friends, and welcome along to Drive Time Big Q&A. This is the program where we explore matters of faith, the big questions about the Bible, faith, spirituality, and contemporary times. This is the program where we're not afraid to talk about those things that are most important to God, and hopefully we pray most important to you as well. Uh, I want to welcome you along today to a very important program, uh, one in which we're going to be exploring what it means to be uh, a part of God's family, a part of God's family, the church. Uh, this week we've been looking at, is Christianity unique? Uh, why are there so many churches? Uh, when is a religious organization a cult? And on today's program, does God want believers to withdraw from society? Well, with these thoughts in mind, it's a great pleasure uh, to be with you. My name is Hugh, and I'm uh, Hugh Heenan. I'm ministering here out of Adelaide, out of uh, the beautiful city of Adelaide at uh, Trinity Gardens, uh, as well as in Mawson Lakes, uh, in a couple of different Christian churches uh, in this beautiful city. Uh, I also have with me today someone that uh, I think really needs very little introduction uh, here on Drive Time Thursdays, uh, and that is my very good friend, uh, Fabiano Nienhuru. It's great to have you with us, Fabiano. Thank you, and uh, I really do um, love being on the Drive Time program, and so, yeah, thank you. Thank you for... uh having me uh, on the radio. Oh, it sure is a pleasure to be working together here and partnering on this on this and many other very important topics that we look at here on Faith FM. All right, well, we're going to uh, begin our program today with a, a lovely song. Uh, it is called The Steadfast Love of the Lord by Dave Hunt. grateful for the support of Adventist World Radio here on Faith FM, one of Australia's uh, most far-reaching and uh, most heard and listened to uh, radio stations across this beautiful continent uh, of ours. And uh, 
Today I have with me in the studio, I have uh, uh, Fabiano Nianhuru. Fabiano is uh, uh, a, a regular here on uh, Drive Time Big Q&A and uh, Fabiano is going to be talking to us today on that question I mentioned before that relates to uh, what it means to be in the church, also in society, uh, but uh, for some people, we kind of, as Christians or as just maybe as a personal outlook, we begin to wonder what our place in society is. And so the question that's asked today is, does God want believers to withdraw from society? Uh, what's our role as Christian believers within the wider society, within uh, the communities around us? Uh, do we have a role? Uh, if so, what kind of role is that role? Uh, and uh, to what extent would we play it or or not? And uh, so we're looking at this question together today. What does the Bible say about this topic uh, of uh, our role, God-given role, uh, that we are to play? Are we to withdraw? Are we to engage? To what extent each? All right, well, that's uh, that's our topic for today. But before we dive into that, one of the things that we do uh, like to do here on Drive Time Big Q&A uh, is to look at current events or world religious trends, even for that matter, in the light of Bible prophecy. One of the news stories that uh, caught my eye in the last couple of days um, is a news story that relates to uh, religious objections or maybe even an objection to religion. Uh, now, when it comes to objections to religion, they seem to be growing within our society. Uh, one form of uh, objection is to be asked actually about one's religion full stop. Uh, and there's a case that has come out of Queensland, uh, and uh, this has been reported not so widely, but uh, it uh, is nonetheless a, a story that relates to a, a medical clinic that uh, purportedly asked a patient about their religion. And uh, the the uh, the person in question uh, took objection to that because they felt as if they their human rights were being infringed upon uh, because of uh, having been asked about that. Uh, they were asked uh, various different questions upon a uh, upon a form uh, that related to uh, their ethnicity, uh, their their uh, uh, their. Uh, personal background in other ways, their name uh, and gender and the like. Uh, and uh, it was considered that uh, that these were perhaps useful questions to be asking with respect to uh, their, their clinical uh, to, to their, their clinical needs. And, uh, and then also the question was asked, but not in a form, but rather in a uh, phone conversation as to uh, the person's religion. And it's to this that they took objection uh, above everything else. Now, uh, Fabiano, I wonder, uh, in thinking about that, uh, and thinking about the place of a person within society, maybe a person of faith, we don't know whether this person was a person of faith or not, uh, and certainly there is uh, a growing number of people who are objecting to being asked about faith matters, maybe because they are not a person of faith and they, they don't wish to engage in that or don't see a place for that. Um, but by the same token, this person may very well have been a person of faith. Um, as we think about uh, our identity or our role within society, um, what are your thoughts with regards to being asked about one's religion, <clears throat> perhaps in, in a formal or in a semi-official or semi-formal capacity or, or environment such as that of uh, this person who was asked uh, about their religion? It's, it's purported, it's alleged, uh, uh, as a result of a in the course of a phone call uh, from their 
uh, GP clinic. Well, what are your thoughts about that? Is there is there actually a time and a place where it is appropriate to be asking people you know, what what is your religion? Yeah, um, that's a very good question. I believe we are living in a challenging world today. Uh, it's it's very difficult today to know what to do and what not to do. <laughs> and I say that because um, it seems like almost um, the things that were uh, almost like I guess uh things things that things things that were just considered to be common sense may not be um in different circles in different places and at different times mm. um and uh hence I say that yeah it's it's it, you know it's it's a good question uh considering the times in which we live today times of great confusion and uh times whereby um yeah, uh, you never know how people are going to react to certain things. Mm. Nevertheless, I must say that in my own personal opinion, it is not wrong to ask a person of their religion, um, unless if you asked it in such a uh, harsh way, maybe in a way that really comes across as if you are, uh, a, I guess, uh, anti-religion um you have to forgive me if you're listening. I, I have a bit of a runny nose. <laughs> so if, if, if you hear me speak in such a funny way, that's why. But yeah, I, I don't think it would be wrong. Just like I do not believe it is wrong to ask a person of their name. Um, in fact, let me swing this to the other side. Uh, today, uh, people identify themselves. Some people identify themselves with different genders, genders that we, um, uh, that we traditionally didn't really uh, know of. Uh, today, there's a lot of uh, titles that people go by. So those people, they expect you to actually address them according to their title and according to what they perceive to be their gender. Mm-hmm. Um, so in a sense, that's regarded as a, respect, as a respectful uh, thing to do. Well, asking someone of their religion, it's, in my opinion, um, it could be regarded in the same way in that, in that you are curious. You're just wanting to know. Uh, and maybe you are actually wanting to do what is right by them and address them in the right way and treat, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So to just assume, um, that, uh, there is an agenda behind a question. I think it's an issue in itself, in mm. my own opinion. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. That's a very valid point that you make there too. Uh, I guess in this particular setting, when we think about a, uh, a medical clinic that's asking the question, maybe it's about your marital status. Uh, Correct. Possibly it's yeah. about your gender, as you've mentioned, or, or your name, uh, or, or how, you know, what pronoun you might be referred to, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, is there perhaps a place for a medical clinic specifically? Uh, do you think to be asking the question, and, and I'm not I'm not necessarily asking for a Bible verse on this one, but, um, but certainly we'll be uh, spending quite a bit of time in the Bible during this program today. Right. But, but when it comes to uh, a person's ethnicity uh-huh. or their gender, right? For example, yeah, could that uh, have some bearing upon the kind of medical treatment that they might uh, end up receiving? Well, possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, and let me. For example, as you were asking that question, I thought of the uh, issue of um, 
uh, is it halal and halal is it mm-hmm. uh, okay yeah uh, halal with the muslims or yeah. kosher with with jews yeah. yes yes um, so religion could play a role exactly. in medical treatments yes. correct okay. it, it, and so i do believe therefore uh that i can see how you know religion definitely um mm-hmm. could come into play could 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 somehow uh be one of those things that people may be interested in mm. uh, knowing because maybe there might be uh, a certain ingredient Yes, that you may want to be uh, informed of uh, before you make a, a certain decision about a certain treatment. Uh, I know, you ingest maybe a medication. Of some ex- kind. Exactly. Okay, yes, sure. I know that in my own family, um, uh, we have um, there are certain things that we look for in mm. whatever we buy, whether it be food, whether it be medication. There are certain things that we look for because mm. we just feel a bit uncomfortable about certain things. Right. And and, and so I, I do believe, therefore, once again, if a person is asking a question. Um, it could be that they're actually wanting to help. Uh, mm-hmm. and so yeah. I can see how religion definitely can have, therefore, uh, um, uh, yeah, can, can have, uh, can come into play in, in, in medical, uh, uh, scenarios in that people may be interested in knowing, uh, uh, um, a little bit about you so they know how to also inform you about certain mm. things. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, so could it be said then perhaps from a Christian point of view, if someone yeah. was to ask us about our religion right. uh, and it was in such a setting like this yeah. that uh, maybe we should, uh, uh, first of all, uh, give them the benefit of the doubt. Correct. Um, see it as an opportunity to yes. share our faith in actual Correct. fact, not be, yes. not be ashamed and, yes. and not be embarrassed nor offended. Correct. Uh, but perhaps also that maybe the golden rule uh, comes yeah. into play here. Do yeah. unto others as you would have them do unto you. Correct. Uh, to assume not the worst, but to, to assume the best. Correct. Until proven otherwise. Yes. Uh, and indeed to esteem others higher than ourselves. Definitely. Uh, as the Apostle Paul would say. So perhaps there, there, are, uh, uh, there are biblical principles and injunctions or instructions that would uh, indicate to us that we should really see the best in the other person's attempts uh, in their communication with us. Correct. Uh, and uh, I mean, probably one of the most famous cases or examples we could talk about uh-huh. um, when it comes to religion and medicine would be uh, your blood transfusions with Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh-huh. That, that's there another one, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, 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 uh, definitely. That exists. Yes. So I find it quite interesting, this this news story. It actually, um, it, it hasn't been widely reported. It has okay. been reported in OzDoc. <laughs> okay. okay, so something which has gone out uh, yes. and of great interest to uh, GPs uh, and uh, medical doctors up and down the country. Right. Uh, because, of course, this is the sort of thing that they're encountering okay. uh, in their practices as people wow. that are – uh, raising questions around discrimination on a whole range of different bases. Yeah. And uh, one of them happens to be, in this case, religion. Wow. Uh, but I guess the shoe, when it's on the other foot for us, is you know, can there be circumstances where people discriminate against us because of our religion? Yes. But could be, yeah. be by the same token where people uh, are just simply trying to understand and trying exactly. to, uh, yeah. to assist, like you, you've rightly pointed out. Yeah. Uh, I think the answer is also yes. Correct. Um, so – could it be that uh, that this person, um, if they're an atheist, was a little bit thin-skinned? If they're <laughs> if they're a person of faith, they might have also been a little bit thin-skinned about Possibly. this. Yeah. Um, who knows? We, we're not going to comment on the specifics of this individual case, yes. um, because rather, instead, this this has uh, gra- this is of great interest to uh, to anyone that's that encounters these sorts of situations in a general sense. Um, I think it's not important. I don't think it's good for us to. You know, speak to the specifics of of this or any yeah. other uh, individual correct uh, situation, but uh, yeah. as a matter of principle, it is interesting, and yeah. perhaps it relates in some way yes. to to where you may be taking us uh, in this program today, <laughs> as we consider um, 
the the role of religion, uh, the role of our faith yes. for that matter as well uh-huh. as people of faith uh, within wider society, and to uh, I guess uh, attempt to answer the question very biblically. Yes, uh, does God want believers to withdraw from society? Uh, and I think there are many tempted today to think, well, maybe that's my only option that's left in some instances. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh, but uh, I think you'll, you'll take us through what the Bible has to say on this really important issue. Mm. Uh, well, before we uh, move on into the remainder of our program, we want to bring to our attention, or, or the attention of our listeners rather, that uh, we have a free offer, a free giveaway that we'd like to share with our listeners today. And it is an excellent book by a very insightful author, uh, one that uh, is, is known to think very incisively about issues that uh, relate to uh, faith uh, in the public square and faith uh, as a matter of, uh, of uh, uh, in terms of how it is applied and lived out uh, within our lives, uh, not just theology or, or scripture on a page, but then applied within our life and lived out uh, in the world around us. Uh, and who does so from a historical point of view as well as looking at today's contemporary times, and that's yes. George Knight. So right. George Knight has written a book called God's Truth Can Change Your Life. Wow. I'm glad he didn't yeah. stop it, God's Truth Can Change. I just want to say <laughs> that, uh, because God's truth will, will not change, right? Yeah. But God's truth can change your life, mm. and uh, there's many ways that God's truth can be applied to a person's life that will bring about uh, lasting change. Now, if you would like yes. uh, to have a copy of uh, this book, uh, then it can be yours by simply uh, sending in uh, the code word uh, SA145. That's SA145 uh, to our phone number uh, here at Faith FM. Uh, and uh, that phone number uh, is, uh, let me just uh, bring that up uh, for us here. Uh, and by the way, uh, 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 again, that code word is SA145, uh, and to simply send uh, send it in as a text uh, to uh, the number 04888-808-11. That's 04888-808-11. And the, text word, the code word to text in SA145. And uh, that book can be yours. Uh, and uh, we're sure that uh, our listeners would love to get their hands on that. All right. Well, uh, we're going to uh, segue into uh, some more music here. Uh, and this is by Matt and Josie Minicus. Uh, and it's a song called The Called. And, of course, those of you who are Christians, those of you who know something about uh, uh, the, uh, the, the life and ministry of Jesus will know that he called to himself those who would enter into the Christian life. And uh, in many respects, that's what the church is called, is the called, the ecclesia. So we're going to play this uh, song for you just now. Sometimes I think I have to be Perfect for God to use me I think I have to know it all Never stumble, never fall I focus on all my inadequacies Instead of what Christ can do through me I forget to trust and I can't quite see That God doesn't call the qualified He qualifies the call supply your every need. We choose to give Him all. You can be too big for God to use, but you'll never be too small. Cause God doesn't call the qualified. 
Drive Time Big Q&A here on uh, Faith FM, your positively different Christian radio station. Uh, well, today I'm very privileged and honored to have with me in the studio uh, uh, Fabiano Nihonhuru. And Fabiano is uh, going to be speaking with us today on a topic which I think is perhaps playing in the mind of many believers uh, at this time. Uh, as we consider events in the world, as we Consider the events uh, uh, an endangerment that can come from being a believer within wider society. We think about the events in Israel with Hamas, and we think about what's happening with uh, uh, Israel's response to Hamas as well. Uh, and, uh, and and also as we think about uh, the societal trends that are happening right here at home in Australia, as we uh, look at uh, how it uh, is getting, in some regards, uh, more difficult uh, terrain to navigate as a believer within the wider secular society. Uh, whether it's in the workplace or whether it's perhaps uh, uh, in our wider social settings uh, or perhaps uh, in in playing a role or having a voice uh, within the marketplace of ideas uh, here in this country. And, um, you know, we don't want to necessarily uh, uh, think that uh, there is no place uh, for faith. In fact, there is a very important place uh, for faith in society. But there are, there are those perhaps who are asking themselves the question, does God want believers to withdraw from society, do I, is it just better for me to withdraw uh, and uh, and not engage? And so uh, we're going to look at this topic today. And Fabian, I believe you're going to be talking to us about that from a very biblical point of view, uh, as to you know, what God would have us know 
uh, and consider and and live out when it comes to this question of you know does does God want believers uh, to withdraw or engage for that matter with regards to society or maybe something in between? Uh, so uh, so Fabiano, I wonder, yeah, just uh, as you're about to share there, uh, yes. we've we've got uh, here a free giveaway <coughs> offer that will help our listeners to uh, go a bit further with this question mm. uh, and to really grapple with it in their own time as well. Uh-huh. Uh, and that's uh, our free giveaway today is a, an excellent book. It's called God's Truth Can Change Your Life. God's Truth doesn't change, but it can change your life. Amen. And uh, it's written by George Knight. And to have this uh, free giveaway, all you need to do uh, is to send in our, our text code. So send in our code. Uh, to uh, to uh, our our number, the the code there is S A one four five. That's S A one four four. Sorry, one five <laughs> one four five. <laughs> Send in that code S A one four five to our number here zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one. And that free giveaway, God's truth can change your life, uh, can be yours. And uh, so uh, don't miss out on that opportunity to uh, receive this free giveaway. This very week. Wonderful. All right. Well, I'm going to hand across to you just now, Fabiana, because you're going to grapple uh, with this question for us live on air. Uh, and that is, you know, does God want us to withdraw from society? Yeah. Now, that's uh, a very good question. And like you have rightly put it, we're living um, uh, in a day and age where um, there are walls. And uh, with those walls, there is... Um, Ideology, together with religion and many other things as well that are uh, coupled with it, and um, and a number of people obviously are wrestling with um, how the que- how to respond. The question of how to respond, and um, yeah, the question is real. And there are times, I guess, where people look at what's happening in the world, especially uh, in the Western world, where um, we're becoming more secular. Um, the census data, uh, the most recent census data, shows that more and more people are taking the not-religious box. And um, if you go to the shops, uh, if you go to... Um, yeah, anywhere where, where there's a huge gathering as well, uh, or a large um, uh, group of people, yeah, you, found, you realized immediately that... Um, um, this world is becoming, at least from a from a Christian point of view, it is becoming um, um, uh, immoral, and um, the values of which we once held so dearly to, and um, which we believe are right and good, are slowly uh, eroding away. And so, yeah, I can understand how one would ask that question, uh, and why they may be even thinking about this. Well, should we withdraw from society? Um, just, uh, I believe it was two days ago, I happened to be at a shopping center and, um, and, and I'm only sharing this, uh, story just to kind of, I guess, uh, uh, help people understand why some people would, would ask such, such a question. And, uh, where I was at, uh, this particular shopping center and I, uh, saw a, uh, a lady, young lady, um, who was just pretty much, uh, you know, arriving at her car. She was about to put her grocery back into the car and maybe, you know, head home maybe. Uh, but, um, yeah, the way she was dressing, however, it was unbelievable. It, it, it's, it, uh, it's one of those, uh, things you see and you say, why, why? In the world, especially at a shopping center. Um, and I believe that many of us have seen that, um, um, more often these days, whereby, uh, people dress in such, um, revealing ways 
that um, they are leaving almost nothing really um, uh, hidden. Um, and you wonder, um, yeah, why are people doing this? And um, what's what are they thinking? Uh, so really you can see that uh, the values uh, and um, yeah, the values uh, of which we once held so dear, dear to are uh, slowly er- eroding away. And many people do not uh, uh, hold the same values anymore uh, because obviously, uh, well, some people would argue that uh, they're progressing. And um, some people would say that, uh, you know, we are free and therefore every person has the right to uh, freely express themselves however they wish uh, to a certain degree, yes, but I believe that um, in a world whereby we live with other people, we should also be considerate. And so, yeah, so uh, because of all these things uh, that are deemed by many to be uh, inappropriate, yeah, people can wrestle with that question. I understand that. Uh, I would like to start off by First um, Peter chapter two verse nine, uh, and why I may understand why some people will ask themselves that question. But I want to approach this from a biblical standpoint. We want to see what the Bible has to say. I believe they uh, are safe. Uh, we, we we stand on a sure ground on a, on a firm foundation if we approach everything from the Bible. So First Peter chapter two verse nine. Uh, I will ask uh, Pastor Hugh to help me now and then, simply because as you can hear, uh, my voice is not coming out really well because hey, I've got a stuffy nose. But <laughs> but First Peter chapter two verse nine uh, is the first text. If you've got it, you can read for us. All right, so it says here, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. There you go. Mm. Yeah. Um, First and foremost, God says you are a chosen generation. Um, And so... You are a holy people, a holy nation, a special people. But I'm interested in that very last line. It says that you were called out of darkness into his marvelous light. And um, as a uh, as a believer, I believe that we have been given, we have seen the light. We've been given that privilege to actually see the greater light, the mm. truth, uh, something better. And as a result, we have responded to the call to uh, come out of the um, the old ways of life, uh, ways in which we believe were uh, leading us to death, uh, ways which we believe uh, 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 was so detrimental to ourselves, uh, let alone to our spirituality. And so, um, in that, and together with that, uh, there were practices and lifestyles that were contrary to uh, the will of God, contrary to that which will bring life in, in, into our lives. And so as Christians, yes, we recognize that truly we have been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. But the question remains, does that mean we should separate ourselves from society? I want to come to the words of Christ in John chapter 17. Uh, John chapter 17, and uh, we'll read... Uh, verse 14 to 19. Uh, this was on the eve of the uh, crucifixion. Listen to uh, the prayer of Christ. Okay, uh, uh, and these are interesting words. Uh, so if you can read for us John 17, verse 14 to 19. Well, I have given them your word. This is Jesus speaking. I've given yeah. them your word, and the world has hated them. 
for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. Right. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. Uh They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. Right. I mean, the word world is being repeated and many times. In fact, I can count to say one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Uh, could be more, but you know, the world, the world, the world. But interestingly, uh, in verse 14, Jesus says that the world has hated them. They are not of the world, right? And he says, I'm not of the world. <laughs> okay. Uh, but I'm not, but I'm not asking that you take them out of the world, even though they're not of the world, right? Mm. Uh, it's quite interesting. And, um, with this in mind, I'm going to come back to this, but I just want to help people understand, uh, uh, the bigger picture here. Let's come to John, John chapter one, uh, reading from, uh, verse, um, uh, uh, hold on. Ah, here it is. John chapter one, uh, verse nine and ten. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. Right. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yeah. Now, Pastor Hugh, I mean, after reading these verses, (laughs) you wonder, what is the meaning behind the word world? Because in the verses that we read prior, you would think, wait a minute, so this... Uh, word world must be an evil thing must be a bad thing but then you come to John chapter 1 it sounds like he created the world <laughs> right mm-hmm. and and he came into the world I mean John 3.16 says for God so loved the world so we really need to understand what the world is uh, because um Surely, um, this is related to actually where we're heading with this because, uh, the society is sometimes, uh, called the world. Um, and so I realized as I was studying this that, um, actually the, the word world can have a number of meanings. Mm. So it depends yes. on the context. Quite a number of meanings. Yeah. Yes. In the New yeah. Testament, especially. Exactly. Yes. And yeah. so it depends on the context. And we mm. really want to understand the context so that way we then can have the right understanding of what Jesus was referring to. Mm. Um, obviously in the interest of time we could uh, uh, simplify this and say um, the world can can refer to the planet earth it can refer to the people it can refer to the uh, the uh, way in which we do things here on this planet it could also refer to the um, uh, those things material or immaterial things that are not conducive to spiritual growth that can also be termed as the world and so it could mean a number of those things so therefore context becomes very very important and um uh, we want to understand, however, that since Christ uh, created the world and the people in the world and he declared them to be good, right, in Genesis, so the people are not bad in and of themselves because these are God's creatures. Mm. And uh, even this planet, right, belongs to God, the, the, the maker, the creator. So I believe here that what Jesus is actually saying, coming back to, um, maybe we could even, um, 
pick it up from verse 10 there before we come back to John 17 where he says uh, he was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him I believe by this time he has actually moved from just referring to the people right to the uh, to this um, uh, system and the activities that go contrary to his will. I believe that's what he's referring to. And so when we come back to John 17, when he says, I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world. Uh, I think once again, I do not believe that Jesus is referring to people as in people being bad in of themselves because people were created by God. Mm-hmm. I believe that he's actually referring to uh, the systems or the things or even those who partake, or I, I, must, I must be careful here, not the people per se, but, but even the activities of those who go contrary to God's word uh so therefore or to god's will uh and so when 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 jesus was uh, uh admonishing us so first and foremost obviously to the disciples but by extension to all those who would follow christ when he was admonishing them to say hey uh i pray I'm, I'm praying that you will not be of the world i do believe that he was not referring to uh uh, that he was not uh, suggesting that we should not socialize with other people. Because we found Christ himself mingling and socializing with people. Mm-hmm. And how do we know? Well, you come to verses like um, uh, Mark, uh, the book of Mark chapter 2. Uh, verse 16 and 17. Uh, let's see what Mark chapter 2 verse 16 and 17 has to say. Right, so uh, verse 16 says, When the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Hey, there you go. Mm. Jesus was, pardon me, Jesus was eating, mingling, Spending time with the people of the world. Mm. That is quite interesting. And furthermore, he was also spending time with those who, uh, will be regarded by religious people to be, uh, the bad influences, right? Um, the, I mean, if you think of it in the Jewish system, these were the, um, the people outside of the, let me call them the unclean. Right? They're unclean because they are a people who are um, mingling and doing things that would defile. And so, we find Christ mingling and spending time with him, with them rather. So he is setting an example here. And I believe that he was onto something greater of which we as Christians as well should be part of. Uh, and so, first and foremost, in order not to lose the point that I'm sharing here, we need to understand what the world means uh, before we could actually say hey let us, let us not be of the world let's understand what do we mean by that and what did Jesus mean by what he said in John 17 uh, so I would like to suggest that um, uh, if we look at uh, 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 the life of Christ the life of the apostles that truly um, that uh, we are not asked and nor should, nor should we think to actually withdraw from society, but rather we need to come close to the people of the, of, uh, of this planet and, and, uh, mingle ourselves and work with them. Because Paul himself said in 1 Corinthians 9.22, to the weak I became as weak that I might win the weak. Uh, I have become all things to all men 
Wow, that's a heavy statement. Mm. I mean, what does it really mean to become all things to all men? And that I might by all means save some. I understand that Paul had a mission mindset and, and he is following in the footsteps of Christ in that he understood that to uh, be able to share that which you consider to be good, the good news, well, you must allow that to actually be manifested in your life. Uh, if you believe that God, uh, that Jesus is um the savior of the world, that Jesus is love, according to First John 4, 8, well, let Christ be manifested in you. And so Paul was actually following in the footsteps of Christ. He was uh, uh, doing everything possible to come close to the people, to mingle with the people, and so that way he would win their confidence and thereby be able to uh, show them the better way or the better path. And we find this also in uh, Acts 17 when... Um, he was there in Athens. Uh, in the interest of time, coming to verse 17, it says, Therefore he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews, the religious, and with the Gentile uh, worshippers, uh, okay, and, and in the marketplace, daily with those who happened to be there. In the marketplace. What do we know about marketplace, uh, Pastor Hugh? Have, have you looked into this? <clears throat> well, a marketplace is uh, quite a busy place. You know, Correct. It's uh, full of noise and activity and uh, commerce and, uh, and people going about their everyday lives. You Correct. Know? And uh, quite often religion uh, or matters of faith don't necessarily play a very large part in the marketplace, do they? Unfortunately. The, 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 uh, let me see now, the agora yeah. uh, of uh, the, the ancient Greek world. Right. Uh, it was a place where it was all about commerce it was all about, right but by the same token it was also a place where uh pagan religion played yeah. a prominent role wow. and, and that's and, really and, interesting so, so that Paul's is quite interesting wading into a place yes. that is filled with commercial motivations right uh and 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 all about uh, enriching oneself uh-huh. but also uh one in which uh, uh paganism uh, was rampant Wow, uh, and uh, he didn't certainly didn't withdraw from that did no, he he no. waded right into it correct correct yeah. Yeah. and if i try to use my imagination here, I can picture him right there, sitting and maybe listening to a discourse that was gi- being given right there, right? Mm. As, I- as, if he's all, as if he was also one who's interested in what was being presented and he took interest in what the people were doing there, uh, both in the marketplace as well as uh, in the temples of which he entered later after that. Mm. Um, and so Paul was not necessarily trying to um, self-isolate in order not to be contaminated, but rather he was trying to uh, enter into the this place so he could actually contaminate you know, <laughs> the place. He was, he was intentional in that he knew that the, um, the, the, the power of the living God in and through him was able to actually produce a, a powerful results by him actually coming in contact with his people. Mm. Um, just like Jesus realized that actually to win these people, I need to actually come and mingle with them yeah. and, uh, and thereby be able to gain an avenue by which I can actually be of a blessing uh, to them. And that I found to me to be uh, quite profound, especially yeah. as I wrestle with this thought of should we withdraw from society? Uh, uh, or should we not? Well, well could, could it could it be also uh-huh. just on that yeah. that point? Could yeah. it be that the greater the confidence that we have in Christ, yes. and the deeper our relationship with Jesus, the the more we will want to be in such an environment because yeah. we, we will yeah. we will go with great confidence to share uh, life changing news uh, and testimony and witness to those yes. around us. Amen. We need to Amen. take to what will be a betterment for their own life. Correct. We can't contain the the good news we we uh, hold inside. Correct, correct. Yeah, it's it's um, 
once you have tested and have seen how good the Lord is, you want everyone to know. You yes. want everyone to know. And so it is that important. And so, um, coming to, uh, another passage, which uh, once again helps us, uh, move forward in Luke chapter 10. Uh, this is rather a lengthy passage, but, uh, mm-hmm. but I want us to read it so we get, get the context. Uh, then Luke chapter 10, we'll read from verse one to verse seven. Uh, if you can help us with that, uh, Pastor Hugh. All right, so Luke chapter ten. <clears throat> Give me quite a quite a workout here biblically today. Uh, I'm really enjoying this. this. Is some good time in the gym. Wonderful. All right, so Luke chapter ten and verses one to seven. Was it? Mm. Yes. Uh, after this, the Lord appointed seventy two others mm. and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. Right. He told them, "The harvest is plentiful, but the workers." A few. Hmm. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals, and do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, first say, Peace to this house. Hmm. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Uh Do not move around from house to house. But when you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. Wonderful. Notice that here, Jesus uh, has had recruited um, 70 others in addition to the 12, Mm. and he was sending them out on a mission. He sends them once again into the world, you know, into the people. Uh, and interestingly, you may say, well, we can minister from outside. But interestingly, it is in these verses that I find that actually we need to rethink about this. Um, notice in, um, uh, I have highlighted it here. Okay, here it is. Notice in verse 7. So as they are going about, he, t- he and moving from house to house, he says, uh, maybe let me pick it up from verse six. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on it. If not, it will, not, it will return to you and remain in the same house, mm. eating and drinking such things as they give for the laborer is worthy of his wages. Remain in the same house. To me, I understand that Christ uh, wanted people to actually sit there. Connect with the people, mm. and so it's not something superficial. Not something superficial. Not, not correct. In passing. Correct. Yeah. Okay. He wanted mm. to. He wanted them to connect, and thereby be able to build bridges with yes. the people. Yes. Then they would be able to actually minister and mm. share the gospel with them. Um, and interestingly, he says, "Eating and drinking such as things things they give you." Right. Um. And so he's actually saying, in my understanding, that he actually wants them to show an interest in the people as well. And so, fr- friends, I wanted to really cement that, that um, uh, the world is not, we should not think of the world in negative terms, mm-hmm. because the world was created by God. And we rather should think of ways, in fact, in which we can infuse the good news into the people, into the world. Mm. Yes, I do understand that there are times, depending on where we are spiritually, where we may want to withdraw a little bit so we can be uh, 
uh, uh, uh, revived, refreshed, so we can come back with new zeal and power to be able to impact the world. Now, let me take this a bit further. When Jesus uh, was uh, giving uh, the one of the greatest sermons that he's ever preached uh, uh, while he was on earth, in Matthew 5, verse 13, he said, he said to those who uh, were listening to him, uh, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be uh, uh, thrown out and trampled underfoot. So, those who have tested and seen that the Lord is good, you are the salt, right? It is this um, metaphor that Jesus uses that helps us understand that we need to actually mingle with people. It's an evangelistic metaphor saying, hey, intermingle, right? Um uh, um, um, dwell with the people, get to know the people, so you may be able to impart something uh, uh, um, that is life-giving to the society. In fact, if we look at the church, uh, we started off with First Peter chapter two, verse nine. If we start off with uh, the word church and we try to understand what the church is, well, a church is a uh, it's a it's a group of a people, right? And that group of people are people who understand. Um, Christ and who understands his mission. I wish we had time, but I'll quickly share this just simply about the church in order for us to understand. Well, a church, if we look at all the uh, various uh, 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 pictures that we are given about the church, well, a church is actually a place where people can come to also uh, uh, find um, uh, peace, healing, and and salvation. I wish we could expand on that, but uh, but I, I, I noticed that... Um, Time is against us, but I highly recommend that one um, look look at the Bible and and try to understand also what is the church. And the church is not supposed to be something that is uh, um, um, isolated from the world. In fact, the church is the people. That's another image that we get um, uh, in the New Testament. Uh, the church is the people. So, Pastor Hugh, myself here, and any other person uh, who is a Christian uh, who's listening, you are the church. When you go into the workplace, when you go into the marketplace, when you go into uh, um, wherever you may be gathering and uh, mingling with people, wherever you're at, you are the church. And so if 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 you are the church and you happen to be at work, well understand that that's the right place where Christ wants you to be because then you can actually be the medium of which Christ can use to actually reach out to those people. But if you're not there, well how is Christ going to reach out to those people? You are the instrument, you are the um uh, uh, the medium of which Christ would want to work uh, through. So when we try to understand, therefore, uh, um, you know, uh, or wrestle when we're, as we are wrestling with this question as to whether we should engage, uh, whether we should uh, uh, withdraw, I think we want to also come back to the. Uh, uh, the very um, uh, uh, calling of uh, our calling as Christians and try to understand, well, who are we? And once we understand that uh, we are people who are called out to proclaim, once again, First uh, uh, Peter chapter 2, verse 9, uh, to proclaim the good news, once we understand that we are the church, we are the body of Christ, we are the sword of the earth, well, I think that then, um, you know, takes things to another level because then, we cannot think about withdrawing, but rather we should be thinking about engaging and connecting. Mm. <clears throat> Beautiful thoughts that you've shared there with us, Fabiano. And ones that I think really speak to the, the deep calling that God has on each one of our lives, that we're yeah. not just passive instruments. We're not just uh, uh, moving about uh, 
our, our existence and just simply being a, a absorbers of what, what's around us. Right. Uh, but rather instead we have a message uh, to share with the world uh, in which we live. Uh, so really powerful what you've shared with us today. And mm. uh, I, I think it really also speaks to the very nature of who Christ was and is <clears throat> in that he, he came and lived as one of us, uh, lived in our, uh, uh, in, walked in our shoes uh, and obviously died our death in the end. No one has has uh, gone as far as what Jesus did to connect with the world, uh, even despite uh, all of its issues, mm. uh, and, and perhaps because of the issues, really, that yeah. it faces. He, he loved the world so much that he was prepared to give up his very life for the world. And so uh, in the same way, God is calling us, yeah. uh, likewise, to, uh, to love as he has first loved us. Well, uh, with that thought in mind, I wonder if perhaps we might uh, just close with a prayer. Yes. Uh, and uh, we've got a lovely song here to share with you that actually speaks to what you've been saying. And that is, uh, it's by the Harper family. It's called Salt and Light. But before we... Uh, before we do, let's, let's pray. Amen. Father, thank you so much for the person of Jesus. Thank you that he's an example to us of not to be afraid, not to have a spirit of fear, mm-hmm. uh, but rather to uh, be people who have been called by Christ, to have a spirit as of a sound mind, uh, and uh, to overcome as he overcame. Uh, but likewise, not just to do so for ourselves, but to, to reach out to a world that is in need of God's love. And uh, so we thank you, Father, for the message we've heard today, for the insights that uh, Fabiano has brought us with regards to engaging with society, uh, not simply withdrawing from it. Uh, and uh, with that thought in mind, I want to thank you that you've also called us to be salt and light, uh, to salten those things that are rotten mm. uh, and to bring new life to them and to uh, be light into the darkness. Uh, where things would otherwise hide and fester, uh, instead to bring uh, a light and life uh, and new beginnings. So uh, we want to thank you for uh, all that you do in our lives, and we pray that we'll share that abundance, the abundance of one blessing after another with those around us. Thank you for hearing our prayer. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. Plenty of love to go round. 